Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John chapter 2, beginning at the 19th verse. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my fingers in the marks of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of God, who is our creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen. Well, at this time, in these days, peace be with you are important words. The risen Christ appears to the disciples and says three times in this passage, peace be with you. And Jesus makes his presence very clear to them. On a scale of one to 10, the disciples' peace levels were probably pretty close to one, wouldn't you think? Is that the sense that you get? They were fearful, they were disbelieving even in their joy, and they were doubting. On a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate your peace levels in this last week, so far this year? Do the words, peace be with you, hold appeal for you? Perhaps they do, and yet, like the disciples, the possibility of peace almost feels too good to be true. 
And when something feels too good to be true or too bad to be possible, we do have a tendency to disconnect. Have you noticed that? And so it's not surprising that the possibility of peace or of Jesus' presence felt too good to the disciples and possibly to us. And yet this reading compels us to consider that peace is possible. Because peace is inextricably linked with Jesus' presence. Let's have a look at the three times Jesus says, peace be with you, in today's reading. In the first, the, the first time we hear it, the disciples are hiding from the Jews. It is evening of that day, the first day of the week when the tomb was found to be empty and Jesus had already appeared to Mary. The disciples are afraid. I reckon if I'd been with them, I would have been too. Jesus speaks right into their fear and says, peace be with you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. You are to go and be agents of peace. Then, the second time, Jesus shows them his hands and his side and they rejoice. It's like, it must be really you, Jesus. Jesus speaks into their joy and says, peace be with you. And then, Jesus breathes on them and they receive the Holy Spirit, followed by Jesus urging to forgive Well, that was a great experience for all the disciples, except for Thomas, because he wasn't there that night. So when Thomas hears that Jesus has appeared, he says, well, I'll believe it when I see it. And a week later, the disciples, including Thomas, are together in a locked room. They're still fearful. And Jesus stands among them and speaks into Thomas's doubt. Peace be with you. Thomas, Jesus says, feel my hands, feel my side, don't doubt, believe. Or perhaps a more nuanced translation of the Greek here is trust. Thomas, trust me. So the three instances, firstly, the disciples are gathered, they're fearful. Jesus speaks into their fear, says, peace be with you. And then says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. The second time, they're joyful, but perhaps still, is this too good to be true? Jesus says, peace be with you. Breathes on them and they receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus urges them to forgive. And the third time, Thomas is with them. Jesus speaks into their doubt, into Thomas's doubt, and says, peace be with you. John's gospel is actually full of stories about people who hear about Jesus, but like Thomas, they need a bit more. Perhaps that's like us too sometimes. This was the experience of Nathaniel. Remember Nathaniel right back at the beginning of John's gospel? when um, Jesus is gathering his disciples. And Nathanael says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? 
So Philip invites Nathanael to come and see Jesus. And within three verses, Nathanael is saying to Jesus, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And then there's the woman at the well. Remember how she meets with Jesus in the middle of the day at the well and she returns to town, says to her neighbours, I've met this man who told me everything I've ever done. Some people believed her or trusted because of the woman's report. But others said, I'm going to seek out Jesus for myself. I'm going to seek out this person and see if indeed what the woman is saying is true. And so they went and they found Jesus and they came back and they said to her, it's no longer because of what you said. We now know this man is truly the saviour of the world. We've heard it for ourselves. And then on Easter morning, Mary returns to the disciples and she tells them, I have seen the Lord. Wow. We don't know what the disciples thought at that moment. John doesn't tell us. But John does tell us that very evening they were gathered together and they were fearful, probably because they feared that the forces that had conspired to execute Jesus might come for them too. A very real fear. And into the rawness of that fear, Jesus is present and says, Peace be with you. Jesus, the peace bringer, comes to the disciples and to us, always recognisable as the crucified one. Jesus, the peace bringer, is not immune from experiences that trigger fear. Experiences like disloyalty and betrayal, physical pain and suffering, Mob violence, personalised violence, corrupt political and legal systems, jealousy. Let's think about how we experience fear and joy that seems too good to be true and doubt and how the crucified and risen Jesus comes to us in those times. Fear. Hmm. If we were to ask one another the question, if we were just to stop and ask each other, we're not going to, but if we were, ask the people around us, what are you most afraid of? I wonder what answers we would hear. They would be many and varied. That would be profound. I'm sure that it would surprise us to know what our fears are when they're voiced. Our fears come in many shapes and sizes. There are thousands of different things that we fear. Things to do with relationships, identity, personal safety, the well-being of loved ones, the future, the threat of war, or the reality of being caught up in war or violent conflict of any kind. We're fearful of division. We're fearful of unity. We're fearful of difference. But I want to make it really clear that very real threats to our safety and well-being are not to be dismissed. 
Fear is a protective human response to danger, and when fear alerts us to real and present danger, we do need to pay attention and not ignore it. But fear can also immobilize us in unhelpful ways. The disciples were immobilized until they found courage in Jesus' presence and in his words, peace be with you. It was peace that brought them courage. In Jesus' encounters with people like Nathaniel and the woman at the well and Thomas, Jesus cuts through their fear and becomes knowable and accessible and relatable. Can you think of a time when Jesus has seemed particularly knowable or relatable or accessible to you in a moment of of fear? Fear of death is another real fear. On Easter Sunday, just last week, I had the privilege of praying with someone in the last hours of their life. A man in his early 40s with two children at Coomera Anglican College. And his wife, who was a colleague of mine at the college, messaged me that evening to say that her husband had passed away during the afternoon. And she said that she believed that I was able to offer some peace so that he felt able to leave. And yesterday, as that family and that community gathered here in this place, it was full of people. And I think it brought them peace to know that they could gather and be looked after in a place. So I want to say thank you on their behalf for sharing this space with them. It was a place of peace and hospitality in their time of grief. How might Jesus' gift of grief allow you to remain grounded in reality and yet become unstuck from your fear? I wonder. And I wonder, how might Jesus' gift of peace release you to share joy? Not in a tentative way like, is this really too good to be true? But in a real way to bring joy to others simply by being who you are, your personality and your particular way of being in the world, that is a gift that can bring joy to others. And then to know that that ability to share joy is also accompanied with an ability to be able to forgive. How significant that joy and forgiveness are linked together here in this passage. And while the meaning of that verse that Steve read about sins being retained is not really clear to scholars, so I'm not going to try and make it clear if it's not clear to the scholars, it is clear that being able to forgive is a consequence of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Sometimes things do seem too good to be true. Jesus standing amongst the disciples must have felt just amazing to them. And who could blame them for thinking that it was too good to be true after the harrowing few days, week that they had endured? I think, though, that with the joy side of things, that we probably need to be careful that we don't live out of a sense of entitlement, that as followers of Jesus, we we should be free from challenges. 
that promise doesn't happen anywhere. It's something that we perhaps take on for ourselves. And when we do face challenges, we allow our joy to be robbed when it doesn't really need to be. When the peace of Jesus is with us in our challenges, we can find joy, a joy that the world can't give and the world can't take away. Where Jesus is, peace and joy are possible. The peace that Jesus offers is good, it's very good, and it is true. It is good and true. Let's have a think about doubt. Jesus encourages Thomas to lean into his doubt. Jesus doesn't berate Thomas for doubting. He doesn't say, Thomas, you should know better. Oh, Thomas, I'm so disappointed. Jesus doesn't say that at all. Jesus invites Thomas to lean into the doubt and to explore it further, to ask the questions he needs to ask, to see and to feel and to experience what is necessary. So as we experience the story of Jesus offering peace to the fearful, joyful disciples and to Thomas who doubted, we're invited to trust that Jesus will always come to us alive and yet with a body that holds together the worst that has happened to him. And again and again, Jesus offers that wounded living body to his loved ones, to us, and invites us to trust. The Apostle Paul writes in the fourth chapter of Philippians, you'll know it perhaps for some of you, it's your favorite verse, it was my favorite verse at one stage in my life. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's a fourth place in John's Gospel where Jesus talks about peace to his disciples. Back in chapter 14, when he's doing his farewell um, conversation with the disciples, he says... Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Peace comes with trusting the presence of Christ in our lives. Wherever Christ is, peace is possible. Peace is possible since the presence of the crucified one brings us wholeness. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, how willing might you be to allow the possibility that the presence of the crucified and risen one might bring peace into your fear, your disbelieving joy, and your doubt? And as I mentioned a few minutes ago at the end of the day, Peace brought courage for the disciples because the reality is that many of the disciples did die. They did die at the hands of those who continued to violently oppose Jesus' reign as Prince of Peace. This, the Gospel writer of John, would have been very aware of that. 
And so for the early church, that was a reality. For the church today, for the church today, which is so complex and diverse, there is still the reality of the things that want to divide us, the things that want to take away our peace. To have peace, we need to let go, to let go of fear and doubt. It's so hard to do. And yet when we do and peace comes, we go, yes. And as a church, as we face the things that want to divide us, as we, uh, as the church, speak into all that's happening in the world, it's very challenging. And yet we remain committed to peace the peace that Jesus is and brings. Jesus speaks to us and says, peace be with you. I'd like you to take a dove. There'll be one close to you somewhere. The dove is a symbol of peace in our world, not only for people of faith, but for secular people. The dove is a powerful symbol. Tomorrow is Anzac Day. Tomorrow there will be more news about the war in the Ukraine. Tomorrow there will be more discussion amongst our leaders and in the media of potential disruption to peace in the Pacific Ocean, the ocean named for its tranquility and peacefulness. Tomorrow we may still be fearful of all manner of things. How will you respond to Jesus' words, peace be with you? As you take the dove, as you think about the words that you would simply like to speak over the dove or the words that you would like to write on the dove, how will the promise of the risen and crucified Christ present in your life speaking peace be with you enable you to face the challenges that may lie ahead? It's going to take a moment to be still and to ponder that and then we will sing together. If you could um, take your doves as you leave today and place them in the font as you go, that would be wonderful. Amen.